Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries here at Eubank Baptist Church. And I am so glad that you are here, especially since we are kicking off a brand new series. We just finished a series called Iconic, and this week's message is a kickoff message for a new series called From Now On. Now, what we know is that when Jesus comes and radically changes someone, he doesn't walk away or tell them, hey, go back to doing what you were doing, right? He doesn't come back and he doesn't change us. He doesn't um, radically change our our lives and say, hey, keep doing what you were doing. Uh, and he doesn't walk away. But instead, Jesus calls us to a new life. He calls us to live differently. And this life that he calls us into is 100% shaped by him. Everything that, that that we go through, everything that we do in this new life is shaped by him and for him. So the question is, and that's and this question is going to be our focus in this whole series, is how do we live out this new life? How do we live out our faith um, in the best ability that we can? So tonight we're going to look at a foundational truth when it comes to this new life, but also see that when we embrace this foundational truth, there's some things that we get in return. So to start us off, what is this foundational truth about this new life that Jesus calls us to live? Well, here it is, that our new life is based on what Jesus did, not what we do. Again, our new life is based on what Jesus did, not what we do. And so when we embrace this truth, this foundational truth, because sometimes we can get into this mindset when it comes to our spirituality that we have to do do so many things, uh, you know, read this many verses, pray this many times. But it, it we almost put this emphasis on working towards or working on. But the reality is that our, our new life, it's not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so this past weekend, uh, the country, mostly everybody that I, that I know of, we, we, we celebrated Easter. And the, the whole part of the whole um, heart of Easter is celebrating the fact that Jesus died and rose again. So when we embrace this truth that it's based on what he did, not what we do, we receive a couple things in return. So tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter 5. And we're, and we're going to be in a couple different places, but we're going to mainly be in, in Romans chapter 5. So so to, to kick us off, uh, to, to continue this conversation, the first benefit that we get, the first thing that we get in return for embracing this truth is peace. Now, go to, go, go to a Bible, either, either find a Bible or open a Bible app on your phone, but go to Romans chapter 5. And check out and listen to what verses 1 and 2 say of Romans chapter 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into, into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So according to the gospel, and, this, that, and that's what we just heard, according to the gospel, we are justified by faith in Jesus not our works. Again, we are justified by faith in Jesus, not our works. And again, Paul just said that in verse 1 of chapter 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So 
because of what Jesus did by us believing and accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross and that he he died, he lived a perfect life, and then he rose again. When we embrace that, when we believe that, we are justified with God through Jesus. So the question is, where does peace come in? How how does this relate to peace? Well, the peace comes from knowing that there is nothing we can do or have to do because it has already been done. Think about it. When you were dating someone, or if you are dating someone right now, when you first started to date, or when you look at people who are just starting to date, typically they 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 are uh, making sure they don't say the wrong things, right? Like they are doing their best to 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 not let the other person see how much of a dork they are, right? So they they are saying the right things, they're doing the right things, and so there's a lot of effort in 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 trying to be or trying to say and do the right thing. And sometimes there can be some pressure with that. We can feel as if we have to say the right thing, have to do the right thing. And if we do that thing so much, if we if we say so many nice things so much, it becomes an expectation. So when we take off that pressure, because that's essentially what it is, when Jesus justified us through what he did, he was taking the pressure off of us because the 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 natural punishment of sin is death. That's what the Bible teaches, that the wages of sin is death. So because you and I are sinners, we deserve death. But Jesus took the pressure off of us and said, you know what? I'm going to die for them. I'm going to become a substitute. I'm, I'm, I'm going to become a sacrifice for them. So the peace comes when the pressure is taken off. The peace comes when we realize that that our standing with God, our relationship with God, um, our our place in God's family is not based on what we do. It's not based on what you and I can do, but it's based on what Jesus did. That's where the peace comes in because we don't we don't have to be any certain way to be in the family of God. We are in based on what Jesus did. So that's where the peace comes in. So the first benefit, if you will, the first thing that we get in return for embracing this truth is peace. But there's more. So Benefit number two, or the second thing that we get in return for embracing this foundational truth, is security. Now, in your Bibles, make your way to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And this is where we're going to see the security that comes in from embracing the truth that it's all because of what Jesus did, not what we do. So in John chapter 10, listen to what verses 28 through 30 say. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I love how it says that the Father, my Father, and when you accept Jesus, He God becomes your Father, that my Father, that He is greater than all. And when the Bible says greater than all, it means greater than all. Like, there's no exceptions. There's no uh, side list. There's no uh, nothing. That when the Bible says that he is greater than all, it means that he is greater than all. Greater than every person. Greater than every thought. Greater than every feeling. Greater than every emotion. So during high school, students typically, uh, for the most part, start looking into colleges. They start looking at what they want to do, where they want to go. And once a student is accepted into college, wherever that may be, they either receive acceptance or this thing called probational acceptance. And essentially, if someone is given probational acceptance, uh, 
it's like saying that you're allowed to come, but uh, you have to maintain a certain grade. You have to do a certain thing. You have to uh, partake in a, in, in, in a certain thing. And if you don't, you're out. If you don't, then, then, then you're out of here. And so probational acceptance is not really full acceptance. It's, it's kind of half acceptance. And sometimes we can have this same mindset when it comes to our faith, right? We can think, well, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm in the family of God, but I'm 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 on the outskirts. I'm I'm not really close. I'm 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 there, and 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 I'm in the family photos, and I'm and I'm at the family gatherings. But man, I'm not really close. And so we can get to this mindset that there is this probational acceptance to the family of God that we have to do a certain amount of things before we can get fully accepted. But according to the gospel, our full acceptance is based on Jesus and his resurrection. That the only thing that is required to be, uh, that that's required for you to be accepted into the family of God is your belief in Jesus and his resurrection. And we just celebrated that last weekend. We celebrated how the fact that Jesus is living right now at the right hand of God, that he died, he took a final breath, but then he came back. And he he radically changed all of our lives. And so according to the gospel, our full acceptance is based on Jesus and his resurrection. And when we embrace that, when we embrace what that means, that means that no one can snatch us out from God's hand. No person, no thought, no feeling, no emotion, no no matter how good you're told that you aren't or no matter how uh, worthless you, you, you think you are, like they, there is no such thing in the family of God. Now listen, as we start to wrap this conversation up, I want you to think about this. One of the greatest enemies when it comes to living out our faith, when it comes to living out this new life that God calls us to be a part of, one of the greatest enemies is doubt. And what I know about doubt is that it's not necessarily always triggered by somebody else. Like it's not always someone else making us feel doubt. Sometimes it's our own emotions. Sometimes it's ourselves that make us go through this cycle of doubt. And when we start to have doubt, we start to think, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm not whatever you want to put there in the blank. But when you think about the experience of doubt, you have to realize that Paul gives us a solution. Paul gives us a solution to this experience or this cycle of doubt because we all know how heavy the cycle of doubt can be. We all know that if, if doubt is given just just a small inch, it will take a mile, right? So when we experience doubt, Paul gives a solution. Now, Go back to Romans chapter 5, and I want to share two parts of the solution, but go, go back to Romans chapter 5 and go specifically to verse 10. So Romans chapter 5, verse 10, and in this we see part 1 of the solution. So Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says, For if, while we were still God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? In other words, part one of the solution is Paul is saying to look back. He's saying look back. Now, he's not saying look back at your past. He's not saying look back at your mistakes. Don't look back at your failures. But look back to the cross. Look back 
to what God has done. Because before Jesus, before anyone accepts Jesus as their Savior, they are an enemy of God. Because of our sinful nature, because of our sinful uh, nature that is inside of us, we are natural enemies to God. So before, before Jesus comes in and changes us radically on the inside and the outside, we are considered enemies of God. So if God saw us and loved us as his enemies, how much more does he see us and love us as family? You know, God gave up everything. He gave gave up his only son while we were still sinners. So if he's going to do that for us as as enemies, how much more will he do for us as family? Because if we're being honest, you and I, with, with our enemies, because we have enemies, we, we won't say it or we won't even uh, talk about it, but we have enemies. And so with our enemies, we don't really give them much, do we? We don't give them our time. We don't give them our affection. We don't give them our attention. We don't give them anything. And if we had a chance, we, we would probably uh, not help them and, and maybe make things a little a little bit more difficult for them. And so when it comes to our enemies, we don't have much for him. So imagine what would have happened if Jesus would have had the same mindset towards us. What if what if God would have said, you know what, they're my enemies and, 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 and that is and that is it. And I'm not doing I'm not doing, any, I'm not doing any, anything for them. So if God saw us and loved us as his enemies, how much more does he see us and love us as his family? You know, when I think about doubt, when I think about what doubt could look like from a from a from a picture standpoint, I I I think in pictures, I think in movies. So when I, when I think about this, I I think about chains, cause cause doubt can be a lot like chains when it comes to living out this new life, right? Because our doubt will keep us chained to our past. Uh, it'll keep us chained to our mistakes or our failures. Um, and so it'll say, you know what, you you can do uh, all you want, you can do all you can, uh, but you will never get past what you did last night, what you did last week, what you did last month. Because we know that doubt, no matter how hard we try, doubt at times is still, still there. We can do all the right things, say all the right things, and we can have other people fooled, but we know just how deep doubt can go. And so doubt keeps us chained to our past, to our mistakes, or our failures. But listen, that there's a solution to this. Just like the Bible is God's solution to everything, this is included in that. So check out the second part of the solution. If, if the first part was look back, look back at the cross, part two of the solution is 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. Again, 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, which says, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. So you, know, you, you want to know what, what part two of the solution is? <laughs> it's God. And what happens with these chains, what happens with these chains is that before Jesus, you were, you can at times be chained to your past, chained to your mistakes, chained to your failures. But after Jesus, 
instead of becoming or being chained to those things, those past, those mistakes, those failures, we become chained to God through Jesus. But all of a sudden, Jesus takes those chains. He he loosens them from your past. He loosens them from your mistakes, and he takes that chain and wraps it around himself. And wraps it around himself, and says, "Now you're chained to me, because doubt will only let you go so far. Doubt will only let you go so far. You, you can try, but it, but eventually it's going to pull you back. It's going to pull you back. But Jesus becomes what we're what we're now chained to. So, to wrap this all up." In a, in, in a nice little bow, Jesus becomes our peace and security. We've been talking about peace. We've been talking about security. When we embrace this foundational truth that our new life is not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus did, he becomes our peace and our security. And listen, if you're, if, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him personally, you never called him your Savior or your Lord— then it, it is impossible to have peace and security with Jesus. If you don't know him personally, then there's no way you can have peace and security. So maybe you're listening and you know, you've never done that. You've never gone through what the Bible says. Uh, you never believed in your heart that he is. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have believed that. Maybe you, you believe that he came, that he lived a perfect life, and that he died for, for you. But you never confessed that because the Bible says that that's the second part. The first part is believing and the second part is confessing. So if you're listening and you've never done that, that is the only place you need to start. That's the only place because until you do that, you cannot have Jesus as your peace and security. Because unless you know him, you can't have it. So for you maybe, it's 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 time that you do the other part. It's time that you believe and that you confess with your mouth. If you're listening and you've already done that, maybe you've been placing your peace and security on things other than Jesus. Because we can put them in people, we can put them in things, we can put them in possessions, we can put them in status, we can put them in accomplishments and awards. But here's the reality. All those things outside of Jesus are going to fail. Everything that is not Jesus is not going to last. So status will not last. People will not last. The things that you do, someone else will do better one day. So so everything but Jesus will not last. So maybe for you, it's time that you... Start putting your peace and security in Jesus. Because if you know him, you have it. Now, just because you have it doesn't mean that we always use it. So my prayer for you, my prayer for us is that, one, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know him personally, you change that today. And the second thing is that if you do know him, if you've gone through all that, then evaluate where are you putting your peace and security? Are you looking to what you already have or are you looking for something that you don't that you don't have? So thanks for listening. We will. I, w- I want to invite you to come back next week, hopefully in person. But if you can't, check out the, the, the next week's message on our podcast channel as we continue in this series called From Now On.